Welcome to the Efficient Private Clients Podcast, where we delve into the intricacies of the financial world and bring you our latest market and economic expertise. Today, we continue our topic on co-creating wealth. I am your host, Carl Parpy, an investment specialist at Efficient Private Clients, and we are joined once again by Dr. Francois Stoffberg, our Managing Director. Picking up from where we left off in the last session, what is government's role in creating wealth, if any? Yeah, good question. I think uh, let's just recap maybe what is wealth creation and then I can spend some time on what government's role is and then what the private sector's role is and I think then individually what we've seen from our clients working with all these entrepreneurs over the last, uh, well, almost a decade now, uh, how they how they create wealth on an individual basis and these are individuals that are not just uh, individuals who started businesses but also individuals uh, that just earn a salary but have been able to create wealth mm. so wealth creation the first thing that we differentiate is between what is riches and what is wealth the riches they have this this amazing saying they say riches shout wealth whispers Mm. Now, riches is this thing that it's, uh, it, it can be achieved or acquired in the short term, mm-hmm. where, whereas wealth is the, the persistent nature of generating and retaining riches over a long period of time. Mm-hmm. Now, of course, the scales differ. What's rich for me is not necessarily rich for someone else, and what's wealthy for me is not wealthy for someone else. It's definitely about perspectives, endowments, ability to generate, etc., etc. So, but the general idea is that you can you can be you can be rich, you can win the lotto, you can uh, be a Bitcoin millionaire or even billionaire, and that's, that that can be acquired quite quickly. And you can have someone that just has the right idea, absolutely right time. Two years later, IPO um, gets rich really quickly. But wealth is this ability this ability to sustain that riches over time. You can have someone that has a high Income, who is considered rich, mm. um, but is but cannot sustainably allocate those resources. Yes, uh, in a way that creates wealth over generations. There's this amazing book that was written many years ago, I think two, three, maybe even more decades ago, mm. uh, the Millionaire Next Door, okay. which explores this point of wealth and riches. So wealth creation is the process where I use the resources that I have in a way that creates income riches over a long period of time so i use the i use these um these 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 endowments these resources that i have that can be a network it can be finances it can be loans mm-hmm. it can be my education i use the net uh, the network of other people's resources yeah so i, I them. leverage this in a way that generates an income over the long term and often we associate the idea of wealth creation with entrepreneurs and the reason being is because their scale is often most times actually much higher than a salary earner mm. and the risks are a lot higher that, that, that's it's been proven in 1950s already high risk high reward yes. so we know this and this is what entrepreneurs do is they 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 it's all or nothing very often yeah, yeah. Uh, without them realizing it, because you do it when you're very young, yes. you're usually in your twenties, maybe maybe early thirties. But um, even the the top hedge funds, uh, not venture capital firms around the world, uh, they don't invest in entrepreneurs who are older than thirty or thirty three, thirty four. There's a specific age where they really it really becomes difficult to get this venture capital. So you're young, young and dumb mm. or unwise, let's say that, and you then take a shot you you accumulate all the resources all the friends all the favors you can even yes. and then you just work these crazy hours 
you went, go through all these cycles and all these shifts, you have to handle all these issues and then if you can do this, that continuously, then there's a great payoff, a great reward in the end. So that's why we associate associated wealth creation often with entrepreneurs, is because the scale is great, scale is a lot higher. Um, of course, there are many entrepreneurs that fail and we've seen that many times and heard and read about it many times, but the idea generally, wealth creation associated with entrepreneurs that take a lot of risk, leverage these resources in a way that can generate future returns. That's wealth creation over a very long, very long period. Now, the question is, what is government's role in creating wealth? Now, mm -hmm. there's an interesting, here it gets very, it gets very blurry very grayish, very many shades of different colors. And the reason being is that governments differ from country to country. We, we can't look at um, the US government and yeah. then compare it even to the European governments uh, of the, the, the European Union. And you definitely can't compare them to the South African government or other emerging market governments. So you, there's not a single one shoe fits all answer to the question of what is government's role in creating wealth. Mm -hmm. Now let's, let's start maybe as an introduction to the US and then we go over to South Africa. Now in the US specifically, they've designed this whole, their whole financial system is geared towards IPOs, initial public offerings, yes. venture capital, angel investors, private equity and, and, and the likes, where, where you really boost entrepreneurship, the creation of entrepreneurs, the support for entrepreneurs, there's, there's environment where you have the opportunity, the land of opportunity, where you can get the resources you need, get the skills you need, build something, sell it, become a millionaire, billionaire, whatever it might be. So the, the US and also their government has proven their ability to do things like this. Yes. And, and, if, and the, the theory behind this is what uh, Mar uh, Mariana Marzacoda, who wrote on the, the, state, the state's role, um, the mission economy, what, what she calls it, how wealth is created, what is wealth. She has this two, two or three, three books that are absolutely amazing on this topic, where she shows that a government can, a, can play a centralized role, much of like what we see actually in China now, because China yes. is doing what the US did in the 60s to put a man on the moon. Yeah. They are collective bringing the private sector together, showing them, telling them this is the policy, this is the, the direction, we're putting a man on the moon. China just said we are manufacturing the world, that's what they said. Yes. And they are forcing all their industries into a specific direction. Semicon before semiconductors it was plastic goods and every mm -hmm. plastic good in the world was made in China. Yeah. So essentially saying if you do this, then we will support you. Exactly. So that's what the US did then they lost their way a bit. Mm -hmm. And then as a result of that two, three decades, well, it's now, well, seven decades later, wow, four, well, six decades later. It's been a while. It's been a while. Um, they, they have reduced the skills necessary to have a mission economy, mm -hmm. and they've reduced the support, etc. So not going into a lot of detail, but there is a place where a government can play a more centralized, authoritative mm -hmm. role, actually, pool the resources, and then force the industry in, into a certain direction. And the reason that's needed, and that she argued argues quite accurately in, in her books uh, is that the private sector can't take the risk necessarily that government can because mm -hmm. government can just write off yes a business write-offs and or then print more yeah it has, exactly <laughs> print more that if you have a private business you can't write off because then you have to liquidate and if you liquidate you go belly up and very few people can actually liquidate a business and then try again yes, yes. so government can do that they can take billions try many things uh, and then get the winners and then continue to reinvest. Another good example is South Korea. Mm -hmm. South Korea, the same with Kia. Maybe, maybe a few people know this, but in the 1970s, they, they supported 30 companies, 30 manufacturers, and every year there was a culling until we got Kia, which is now, I think they overtook Toyota as the largest yes, seller of, yes. of cars in the world. And that's how it happened. So they took 30 bets, the government, not the yes, private yes. sector. And they supported these companies and then they got Kia. Same with Samsung. 
Um, uh, Samsung is another good example. There were many uh, um, uh, other companies that mm. were competing um, uh, in is it Japan, South Japan. Korea. Yeah, yeah. no, I don't, can't remember. They're going to be so angry. It's an Asian economy, I yes. know that much. They are, my, our, our Japan asset, or Korea, nothing outside of those two. Our, our asset managers are going to be so upset with me. Um, but uh, the same happened with, 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 with Samsung. Samsung, there we go. Korea, there we go. It is, it is South Korea. Okay, great. Is it? Started his business in Togo, Korea. Yes, there yeah, we go. Credit where credit is due. <laughs> credit where credit is due. So, same thing happened there. Um, there were many companies supported and then Samsung was the winner. Yes. And Samsung is now the largest electronics firm in the world. So, uh, government does have and can play a centralized role. Unfortunately, um, government has lots, lot, lost its credibility, mm. especially in South Africa. I mean, if you have to think that we have to trust our local government again, yes. uh, the South African government, the ruling party now, and allow them to take our resources and then allow them to channel it yeah, and yeah. pick the winners. Yes, I can, only, I can only imagine saying, here's everything I have. You'll support me if I do this. Throw it all in. And it's like, where, where is my support? Got exactly. What happened? <laughs> so that's, I think, after the likes of South African Airlines, uh, after the likes of Eskom, after the likes of um, Sanral, after the likes of uh, Denel, and and all these other state-owned enterprises, it's going to be very difficult to trust government uh, in a role of wealth creation mm -hmm. to allow them the opportunity to run this mission, this economy in a mission economy type of way where they use their authority, centralize power and then allocate towards specific industries. Uh, I think what, what government, so government, governments can do that and it can definitely help because from the mission economy that we had in the US in the 1960s, um, we did get our smartphones. Yes. To a large extent, the, the, the screen that you have comes from that. Teflon comes from that. The, mm. Every single pan that we now use comes from that. GPS comes from that, except from ARPU, the, 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 other, the other government industry. So uh, much of the recent internet came from government as well. We know this as well, mm. uh, originally. So, uh, but it's going to be very difficult for government to fulfill that role. That's not government's, that shouldn't be government's current role in South Africa. Mm. They, they first have to win back credibility, and then after winning back credibility over a couple of years, proven tech, um, a, a track record, then they should start employing the skills needed to, to find these winners, to make b leveraged bets, mm. educated bets on these winners, and then they can start navigating industry in a certain direction. So what's government's role? In short, while their role now is rather to support the small businesses. Choose an industry or industries and then support. And support doesn't mean give them money. It isn't 10 repeneers. This is not what we're trying to create. It's to say that we're going to this direction. We want to manufacture. We want to become a manufacturing hub or whatever. I'm not going to use specific examples now. And then improve the ease of doing business. That's their role now. Now, what's the private sector's role? The private sector role is to pick up on these windows of opportunity see mm -hmm. where government is going if there's an initiative now for solar why not jump on that thing we had that with the um, uh, energy saving lights that that they did 10 12 years ago escom came out they said we're going to support we're going to subsidize the gov government came out we're going to subsidize low low energy globes yes. heat pumps and all this that's how you can get an industry going and then private sector jumps in on that and then they drive but private sector has an even more important role to play now especially in south africa and that is to to a certain extent, humble themselves and really co-work, co-create with government because mm. government can't do it. And uh, and the reason I say humble is to because if you if they go in with an arrogant 
point because they are better. We can say private sector yeah, is yeah. better now. They produce results. It pro they produce results, but, but government finds it very difficult to bend the knee. So mm. the private sector almost has to play a supportive role now and understand even though they are the big the big guns in the in the in the house, uh, they have to play a supportive role, take hands with the, the, the government sector and help government develop the necessary skills in-house so that we can have a more prosperous future in South Africa tomorrow for our children at, at, at least. So private sector has to see the opportunities, take hold of the opportunities and then please don't steal more. Don't be another, yeah. we can say Gupta family now because it's public, public yeah. knowledge. So please don't steal more. And this is, this is what happened in, in countries like Britain where they started to privatize like we're doing now. The private sector just did what government did before them. Mm, mm. They just used all the power, misallocated, yeah, destroyed new. jobs, um, corruption was just as strife in the private sector as it is in, in, the, in the public sector. We, so please use the power appropriately. With great power comes great responsibility. Now the final one maybe is how to create wealth and I'll, and I'll finish with this because we get this question very often. What can I do to create wealth? Now we said remember wealth is not riches. Riches is something that you get in your, in your income. Riches is something when like winning the lotto, like getting uh, your someone dies and mm -hmm. you inherit something. Yeah. So then what do you do then? Now before you get the inheritance and everything else, there are two ways to create wealth. One is to start a business. Very risky, as I said, mm -hmm. but um, uh, um, we absolutely need it. The other one is to invest in yourself. So you invest in, oh, sorry, you invest in yourself by either starting a business or investing in your education. Yes. Spend more, study more, acquire skills. Very important. Everybody knows this. Then after you've done that, invest in yourself. Then start investing in others. Mm -hmm. And what I mean with that is not others like my far distant friend or, or aunt or, or whatever. In your family, your immediate family, your wife, your husband, your children. Um, that's a good way of leveraging the, the Greeks, the Italians, and they, they've mastered this. Yes, yeah. Investing in the next generation so the next generation can take over and care for. Mm. And then you live off that rent, that rent yes, those yes. taxes. So we're yeah, going to yeah. go to that. So um, invest in those around you, and that includes then taking um, educated guesses um, uh, and controlled allocations towards friends, families. Remember, the, the um, venture capital starts with friends, fools, and family yeah so then invest in your friends invest mm. in your family but really manage that well yes. um, uh, it's very difficult it works for some some cultures around the world it's a good way of generating wealth in the mm. long term and then the third one of course very important invest in your retirement mm. um, uh, it's even the entrepreneurs the big entrepreneurs that we work with they do invest in their retirement and if you're a salary earner often that's the only thing you can do but important, don't forget number one, invest in yourself. If you're not gonna start a business, at least invest in your education continuously. Invest in acquiring more skills. If you're 40, 50 or 60, um, uh, continue to invest in yourself so that you can gear your returns and not just create more income, but create more wealth in the long term. Yeah, I like that, yeah. No, if they say charity starts at home, why can't investing start with yourself? Thank I like you. that.